right. Well, I am so excited again. Uh, let me just say again that I'm excited that you are here this morning and that you have your kids here this morning. Kids, right off the bat, let me tell you what I'm not going to do today. I am not going to invite you to come and sit across the front this morning um, because that would be a terrible idea, okay? Terrible idea. I would never, ever think of doing something like that twice, all right? So, I am going to leave you as your parents' responsibility this morning. And so, every child in here, would you look to your, your parent who's sitting next to you and give them a high five this morning and say to them, thank you so much for bearing responsibility for me this morning. Give them a big high five. And then, parents, if you would look to your children and give them a high five and say, you are less awesome than me, but still awesome. (laughs) Would you do that this morning? Still awesome. All right, now if I can get all the adults to come down and sit across. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, funny, funny, funny. Oh, All right, so I'm so glad to have the families together today. I'm glad to have the big family together today, and there's a reason for that, because we need to start by having a little bit of a family conversation. Now, I don't know how, what it's like in your family or what it was like growing up whenever there would be a family conversation in our family, in our house, whenever we say something like, hey, we need to talk. We gather everybody together. That means that there's something serious going on and that maybe there's going to be some significant change. Well, I need to start today by saying, hey, we need to talk. Okay, we need to talk as a family. Um, We have really at the beginning of this year, we stepped back and we said, "Um, God, where is the next step that you would have us move forward as a church? Where are you calling us? Where are you leading us? And so as a staff, as pastors, we, we really started talking. We started praying. We started talking some more and praying some more and really just seeking the Lord's direction as far as where are you leading us forward? And we really began to sense really very deliberately and clearly that he was saying something very specific to us. And it had to do with the pattern that we have used for years, decades, maybe even back to the foundation of this church, for how we do reaching those who do not know Jesus. And the way we have done it for decades and years is that we would do a big event and we would spend money advertising it and we would try to get as many people in the doors as possible and then we would invite you to invite your friends and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors to come to that big event where a professional would then make a pre- professional presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we stepped back and we said, how biblical is that pattern? And we saw that there is a, there is a pattern biblically for how this sort of thing should be done and that that did not match that pattern. And so we instead said, okay, God, if you're saying that there's a different pattern that we should follow, what does that look like? And we saw instead that the pastors and the staff 
and those who are the ministers of the church have a responsibility instead to equip the congregation, to equip believers, provide tools and resources and training in order that the church would do the work of the ministry, and specifically even outreach. So he said, okay, God, if we're going to be changing that, what does that look like? And so this year we decided early on that we needed to do a conference. And so that's coming up, October 19th and 20th. And so here's what I need to do right off the bat. I need everybody to pull your phone out of your pocket right now. Everybody in here, pull your phone out of your pocket. If you're in kindergarten and you have a phone, pull your phone out of your pocket right now, okay? Kids, if you look over at your parents and they are not pulling their phone out of their pocket right now, you look at them and say, remember, model, mentor, and message. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, are you saying it's okay for me not to do what the pastor says? So grab your phones today. Everybody in here, have, grab your phone. If you're the type of person who's like, I don't bring my phone to church, you don't exist. Grab your phone. <laughs> pull it out of your pocket today. All right. And once you have that phone in your hand, here's what I need you to do. Okay. I need you to text to the phone number 417-816, I'm doing it by hand, or 815-7161, that was pretty good, I did pretty good on that, 815-7161, hey, all right, so I need you to text the word called to the number 417-815-7161, that phone number is a guy named Tom, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to say to him that he's called, okay, no, I'm just kidding, that's not really. What will not happen when you text called to that phone number right there is you will not sign up for, like, long-term spam. It'll only be short-term spam. Um, but really what will happen is you will get a link back, okay? So, so I, we already have all your phone numbers, so it's not about that. What it, what it is about is this, um, that when you text the word called to 815-7161, you'll get a link back. And you don't have to click on that link right now, but I want to remove all the barriers to entry for signing up for this conference on October 19th and 20th, okay? So I want it to be sitting right in front of you so that all you have to do is click on a link and it'll start walking you through the process, okay? So just text the word called to the number 815-7161. If you don't have a cell phone with you or you don't have a smartphone and you can't click on links uh, with it, uh, in your bulletin today, instead of a normal bulletin, the tear-off is actually a sign-up for the um, sign up for the conference. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is while others are texting, called to the number 815-7161, um, fill out that tear-off. And you don't have to turn it in. You don't have to drop it by the welcome desk. You don't need to drop it in the offering. You can do whatever you want with it. But I want you to at least fill it out so that when the time comes, it is a really easy process for you to get involved, okay, to, to sign up for this. While you're making that decision, so while you've got the link in front of you and you've got that tear-off filled out and you're, you're ready to go, all it needs to do is then one step. I want to walk you through what's happening on October 19th and 20th, okay? Tell you what the conference is going to look like. So October 19th is a Friday. October 20th is a Saturday. So on the 19th, which is that Friday, we're going to start at 6.30. There'll be some stuff that's happening from 6.30 to 7.00. 7 o'clock, service proper will begin. It'll be done by 8.30, okay? That's the Friday night. It'll run from 6.30 to 8.30, essentially. And then on Saturday, we will get started at 9 a.m., 
and we will be done by 3 p.m. You can actually get there before 9 a.m., but we will start proper at 9 a.m. and run until 3 p.m., okay? Um, the church is covering all of the costs for this conference. We're footing the entire bill. And what that means, there's a couple things I want to say about what that means. Number one, that means that um, we're covering all of the costs of childcare. So if you have kids who are in nursery or preschool, um, we're going to cover the cost of childcare for that. Uh, if you have kids who are in K through fifth grade, um, there will actually be a conference for K through fifth that will run simultaneously parallel to the other conference. So, so for our kids, there will be, they will be doing a conference as well, and it'll be specific to them and aimed at them also learning to share their faith um, with their friends, okay? So we're covering all of the costs for all of that. We are also covering the cost. If you were to get there a little before 9 a.m. on Saturday, the cost of your brunch, we'll have breakfast foods for you there um, Saturday morning. We also are bringing in Coffee Ethic, which is the best coffee place in Springfield. Um, and they're going to set up a coffee bar where they will be doing espresso drinks with lattes and mochas and Americanos. And we're covering all of the cost of that. And that'll run from 9 a.m. all the way to 3 p.m. So you'll have coffee all day long. And we're covering the cost for that. Uh, lunch. We are going to bring in lunch for you on Saturday. And that will be Chick-fil-A. So, so I'm just saying that we're covering the cost. Yeah, can I get an amen? <laughs> we're covering the costs of your lunch on Saturday. In fact... If you are one of the first 100 people to sign up, we will also give you a free t-shirt, the new praise t-shirt for this year. Um, and it may be exclusive to the conference. We haven't yet determined that. But if you're one of the first 100, and that includes not only you, but your family, so you'll need to give us t-shirt sizes, um, we'll also give you a free t-shirt. Uh, so, so make sure you can sign up at any point. You can feel free to click on that link, tear it off, whatever you want to do. Um, but here's the big thing that we are doing with this conference. Essentially, there are two questions that we are going to ask you afterwards. We're going to send out a survey for everybody who attends. And that survey, we're going to ask two questions. And number one, do you understand what you are called to do? Okay. And number two, do you feel equipped? Do you feel comfortable do you feel confident to do what you've been called to do? Okay, so two really simple questions. And we set as kind of an impossible goal, but we expect to hit. 100% of the people who go to this conference will answer yes to both questions. Okay, that you understand what you're called to do and that you are confident in that calling. Let me tell you what you will not learn at this conference. Okay, you will not learn how to lead somebody to Christ on the back of a napkin with a cute little, little illustration. That may be good, and if you can do that and the Holy Spirit leads you in that, go for it. That is awesome. But you will not learn that at this conference. You also will not learn at this conference about a new tract, which will, uh, you will learn how to use this brand new tract, which is the best of all tracts. And if the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, man, that is awesome go ahead and do it. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but you won't be learning about that at this conference. It, it won't teach you how to walk up to somebody you do not know and say, do you know Jesus? If the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, 
100% follow his lead, but that's not something we're going to be covering at this conference. And one of the things that has come up is, what if I'm an introvert? I want to tell you that if you're an introvert, there's like a whole section of this conference which will actually be more appropriate for you than it is for an extrovert, okay? So, like, there's a whole portion of it that's designed on teaching you how to do this even as somebody who's maybe not the type of person to just get up and go talk to a bunch of people that you don't know. What we are going to do is we are going to seek to follow the pattern that we see in Scripture for a church to lead people to Christ and to walk through sharing our faith. And it really comes down to one passage. So if you would, grab your Bibles today. Grab your Bibles this morning. And once you have those Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, there are some that are spread out in the seats all around you. Feel free to grab one of those. If you're on the front row, it's underneath. Grab that Bible down there. And uh, if you don't own a Bible, that Bible is our gift to you. Feel free to take it. We would just love for you to have that. Okay, so grab a Bible today. Once you have that Bible, open it up to the book of Colossians. Kids, why don't you see if you can get there before your parents can? Colossians chapter 4. Parents. If you have one of the church Bibles, it's on page 985, so you can beat your kids there. Um, Colossians chapter 4. Okay? Colossians chapter 4. So here in Colossians 4, there is a pattern that Paul spells out for this church. And he says to them essentially this. Here is a way to live your life on mission. What I don't want to do as a church is add one more thing to your to-do list. I do not want to add one more thing to your schedule. I do not want you to say, here, I need to add something here in order that I can do what pastor is telling me to do. Instead, what I want to see is that your entire schedule, your entire to-do list, that your entire life is changed in order that it comes and is focused on mission, right? Because what Paul says here is that there is a way to live where your entire life is focused on mission, okay? And it's the passage that's uh, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And I'm going to really quickly walk you through it. I'm going to be really, really fast this morning um, because I understand that parents, you don't have a good at long attention span like your kids do. And so, kids, if your parents start getting antsy and start moving around a little bit, you can give them a lollipop or something and they'll be fine. But, so I understand i got to move quickly, but I just want to focus on, because Paul lays something out here for us. Here's what he says in Colossians 4, 2, all the way down to 6. Here's what he says. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Verse 5, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Okay, this lays out for us really clearly in one, two, three, four, five verses. 
in five verses a very clear pattern of what a life on mission should look like. So what we're going to do is over the next one, two, three, four weeks, we are going to take this idea of life on mission, and we're going to talk about what the Bible says about this, and then at the conference on October 19th and 20th, which if you haven't signed up for, I encourage you to, um, at that conference, we're going to give you some really practical steps and tools that kind of pour out of what the Bible has to say, okay? So, so we're going to start today, and, and there's really four really simple, straightforward, I shouldn't say simple, but straightforward things that we're called to do here. Number one, we're called to pray. Number two, we're called to wisdom. Number three, we're called to speak. And number four, we're called to answer. Okay, so each week we're going to take one of those and see what that looks like. And that will lead us right up to the conference and then the Sunday right afterwards. And then at that conference you'll get really practical, straightforward, hands-on stuff in order to make it happen. Okay, so we're going to start today with this one. We are called to pray. We are called to pray. Verses 2 through 4. And I'm going to read this again for you. Here's what it says. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Okay, so right here you have in three verses like a really clear and beautiful theology of prayer. Like you, you can just read this over and over. If you want to know how should I pray, like this is it. Like this is perfect for understanding the way that we as believers should pray. Here's what it says, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. Like if I wanted to preach a three-point sermon today, today, you got it right there. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Keep on praying. Don't just throw out a one-time prayer. But continue steadfastly in prayer. Keep pushing through. Keep pushing forward. Continue doing it. And don't let anything stop you. Being watchful in it. So it's not like you just pray and then you're like, well, maybe God will answer my prayers and maybe you won't. But you keep your eyes open. So if you pray for opportunities, then you start watching for opportunities to share the gospel. So so you continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it. But then you don't stop there. You do it with thanksgiving. I mean, you got a three-point... Anybody can preach a sermon out of that except for me because I'm not going to do it. Next part. At the same time, pray also for us. Pray that God may open a door, to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So it says first, pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. But then after you pray for opportunities, pray when the time comes that you're able to make clear the gospel. Have you ever tried to share the gospel with somebody, share the message of Jesus Christ, and it came out as a big jumble? It's like you just say a bunch of stuff, and you're like, maybe somewhere in there I mentioned Jesus, but you're not really sure if you did or not, and it was all just kind of jumbled together. Here's what it says. This is the way we ought to speak in a way that makes the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, clear. So pray that we make it clear, and pray that we have an opportunity to share it. Here's the thing I see about this. 
What is all of the prayer focused on? What is all of the prayer focused on? All of the prayer is focused on sharing Jesus with people. Right? If we want to talk about living a life on mission, you know what we should start with? Praying on mission. I need to just ask you a really simple and humble question right now. If God were to answer every single one of your prayers and give you exactly what you're praying for, would the kingdom of God be any different? Or would it just be your life that's different? That's a hard question to hear, but it's one that we need to hear. Because if we're not even praying on mission, if we're not even praying for the kingdom of God, if we're not even praying for those who don't know Jesus, then we're certainly not going to live for him. And we're certainly not going to live for those who are lost. We're certainly not going to speak to those who don't know Christ if we're not even praying that direction. Right? So he says here, so pray these things. Pray that we have opportunities. But then watch for them. Watch for the opportunities that he gives you. But then pray that he helps make this clear so that you can clearly share the message. Here's what I love about this passage. What I love about this is the fact that before he gets to living, what does he start with? Praying. Before he gets to the whole, all right, live this way, walk this way, talk this way, respond this way, he starts with pray this way. And and here's what I get from that. Talk to God before, uh, about people before you talk to people about God. Talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. He talks about this right before he gets into the idea of living that way or talking that way or responding that way. If you are not praying for those in your life that you know who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, then you are not going to be living for them or reaching out to them or talking to them about it. It has to begin with prayer. But even as I read this passage, which is a beautiful passage, if you want to focus on a passage for the next, in your own studies for the next four weeks, focus on Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Beautiful, beautiful. But here's the thing I added up, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines in this passage we just read in my Bible. One, two, three, four, five, ten lines. Of those ten lines, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are about prayer. The other four lines are split up into the other three things that we're called to do. So six, ver- or six lines, three verses are focused just on prayer, and then the other ones are split up between the rest of them. So I think I need to take that statement and I need to add something to it. Talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. I think you've got to put something right in the middle of that. Talk to God about people before and more than you talk to people about God. Because there are six verses in this passage, or six lines, three verses in this, that are just about prayer. And that's not to minimize talking to people about God. It's to maximize talking to God about people before you even talk to people about God. If you are not praying, if we're not focused on this, if this is not a major priority for us, then it'll never go more than just a good idea to share our faith with those who do not know Jesus. So talk to God about people before 
and more than you talk to people about God. Which means that if we're going to be praying, it needs to be in front of our faces. Several years ago, when I first became the pastor, one of the things that we did was we gave out these little cards. And we asked you to write the name of somebody that you are praying for, for them to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then to keep that card somewhere that you would see it regularly and pray for them. And I've heard good results from some of those. I've heard some people who are still, still praying for that person. And many people who lost it. <laughs> Which is understandable. But we need to find a way to say, if this is somebody I'm praying for, it stays right in front of our faces. So whether you're going to join us for the conference or not, here's what I want you to do today. Today we're going to give you a magnet. Okay, As you walk out today, the ushers are going to have one at the, at the doors for you to take, and this is what it looks like. Just says, sharpen my message, engage my world, confidently share Jesus. And I want you to take this magnet and put it on your fridge so that every time you walk by it, which if there's a place in your house that you spend the most time, it's your bed. Second is the fridge, okay? So take this magnet, stick it on your fridge, and every time you walk by, make sure to be praying for that person. And then I want you to take a Sharpie, and I want you to write the name on it. For me, it's Michael. I'm praying for Michael. And I've been praying for Michael for years, and I'm going to keep praying for Michael. But write the name of the person that you are praying for on that magnet that they might know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And every time you walk by them, or walk by that fridge, make sure that you are praying for that person. And then, after you've been praying for them, and you've been praying a lot for them, then talk to them. Pray for opportunities. Pray that the, that the Holy Spirit would open doors for you to be able to share Jesus Christ. And then take the step of actually speaking, okay? So we got to start with prayer. And all of us are called to this. It doesn't really matter whether you consider yourself somebody who is gifted in evangelism or not. You know, sometimes I think we think that we have to be gifted in something in order to do it. And that's not at all the case. When, when we brought our kids up to go for swimming lessons, we wanted them to get comfortable, to get confident in the water, to get used to the water. And so what we did was we brought them to swimming lessons. Let me tell you what the person who was teaching them didn't say. We loved the teacher, by the way. Fantastic. We went up to MSU. They have great swimming lessons there, great teachers there, and they were really kind of intentional with our kids and and very deliberate, and they focused on our kids, and it wasn't like just something where they just threw them in the water, <laughs> which would have been bad. Um, but, but on top of that, what they didn't do when we first brought our kids, you know what they didn't say? So is your child gifted in swimming? No. They said, okay, so what level of swimming are they at right now? 
And then once they got in the water and they saw how they were, then they took it a step further and they started doing the training and they started showing, okay, do this and then do this. And then they helped them and they kind of went along with them and they, they, they trained them on the art and the science of swimming, right? They didn't say, are you, are you gifted in swimming? Did you know that there is no such thing as the gift of evangelism in the scripture? A lot of times we say, oh, I'm not gifted in evangelism. That's good. Nobody in this room is gifted as, in evangelism. Nobody. Because there's no such thing as it in Scripture. You can look for it, and when you find it, tell me. What it does say in here is that God has gifted the church with a gift of evangelists. What that means, and it says very clearly, is that the gift of the evangelist does share the gospel of Jesus Christ on a large scale. And that's part of what I do. I share the, and you should be praying for me, right? Just as Paul said, pray for us. Are you praying for your staff and your pastor that I'm able to speak clearly as I ought? Because if you're not, boy, it's, my, it's your fault if I, if I preach terribly one Sunday, okay? If, if, if at the end of a sermon I go, Man, this one's on you. That's because you didn't pray. All right, but, but when we look at that scripture, as Paul's sharing that, he says, pray for us. Pray for the pastors of praise. Pray that we're able to make clear as we ought this message of Jesus Christ. But then pray also for the person that you've been called to reach out to. Because there is no such thing as a gift of evangelism. The evangelists, it says what their responsibilities are. Part of their responsibilities is equipping the church to do the work of evangelism. So whether you have a gift or not, it's a matter of getting confident. It's a matter of having the tools, of knowing what we're doing. And then it's a matter of jumping in. And that's what this conference is going to be about. And so I encourage you to join us. October 19th and 20th, that Friday night, it'll be from 6.30 to 8.30. Saturday, it will be from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., okay? So learn, figure out what it looks like to do this, and you'll get very, really practical steps. And here's why we do it. Why we do it is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. What are wages but what you earn? It's what we've earned through sin, through sinfulness. We've earned that. But the free gift of God is eternal life. And this is the offer that has gone out. And you and I get to be a part of bringing the free gift of eternal life to those who've only known what they've earned. <laughs> Man, when somebody's just earned and they get a free gift, there's some rejoicing going on. See, we have to change the way this whole thing has been done. I think it's a terrible thing for the pastor to be the person who baptizes somebody. You know what that says to me? That the pastor is the only connect point that they had for Jesus Christ. 
I think we got to fundamentally change that picture. And instead of the pastor being the one who's doing the baptizing, it should be you who's doing the baptizing. So when you lead somebody to Jesus Christ, because you started by praying over them and weeping over them and constantly calling their name before the Lord, praying for opportunities, and then when those opportunities presented themselves, you were watching for them, and as soon as there was an open door, you spoke and you lived in such a way that it gave opportunity for you to speak. And then as that happened, then you bring them through to what it means to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Then it's not me who's dunking them in water. It's you. Because you're the one who walked them right to Christ. And that's what the picture should be of the church. That's what I see in Scripture. Man, may that be our picture at Praise Assembly. May it be all of us living on mission, bringing the free gift of God to those who have only earned. Romans 10.9 is really very clear on that. That if we want to be saved, then we need to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. But how can somebody confess unless they believe? And how can they believe unless they've been told? And how can they be told unless somebody was sent? So you and I are those who are sent. You and I are those who bring that message. I'm going to invite you to stand with me today. And if you're in here and, and you've never accepted that free offer of God to you, the free gift of God of eternal life, and all you know is all that you've ever earned, and you look at it and you say, all that is, is the wages of sin, which is death. Today, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Romans 10, 9 does say, confess, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that the scriptures are true and he is who he said he is, and you will be saved. Father, today we begin right now by just confessing Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. And today, I thank you for what Jesus came and he did. I thank you that he died on the cross for my sins and the wages of those sins which I had earned is death. But your free gift to us is eternal life because of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on my behalf. Father, I just pray. I pray that as we put our faith in you, as we confess you as, as Lord of our lives, that any who are in here right now would take that same step and put their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. And God, I know that as they do that, as they confess, as they believe, that you will save them, oh God. And what had been earned will be washed away and instead will be the free gift of eternal life. And Father, for all of us, Change the way we think, oh Lord. Change the way that we picture this should look. May we be those who you have called today, called to pray. God, may we pray for those who do not know you. May we seek your throne and constantly lift them before you. 
May we pray for open doors and opportunities and may we pray that you will give us the, uh, the, the, the words to say and help make it clear when the opportunity presents itself. And we will do it all with thanksgiving, oh God. We thank you for it. In your name, Jesus. Amen. In a moment, I'm going to dismiss you. And if you are in here and you just prayed for the very first time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, as others are stepping out and heading out the door, instead, would you step out and come down to the front? Take this opportunity. This prayer team would love to just pray with you and kind of walk you through what the next steps look like this morning. And so even as others are headed out, would you head down and to the front? And maybe you're in here right now and you're praying for somebody specifically and you've been praying for them for a while. The prayer team is actually already committed to not only praying with you right now, but if you were to come forward and ask for prayer for something, not only pray for you today, but pray for you all week long. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to sign up. And more than that, make sure to pray because you've been called to pray. God bless you as you go today. Thank you for joining us.